Welcome to Swifties Notes on Novels where we share our unfiltered opinions about books and Taylor Swift songs which take us back to the fictional world. I'm your host Jasleen and I'm Sakshi and we are two very passionate Swifties who want to bring you into our regular conversations where we spiral over words and lyrics. Hello and welcome to our episode on the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. We've been waiting for this episode since the day Sakshi and I thought about starting this podcast and it's a special one because this is the first episode where we have a guest speaker joining us and I'm going to quickly introduce her. Welcome Adrija Biswas. Adrija has been my friend for way, way too long and she's going to be a friend forever. We bonded in undergrad on Harry Potter. In fact, we did a treasure hunt about Harry Potter where we knew more about it than the organizers and it was fun that way. And so we have our resident person in the house who will keep us on track for canon because we also have Sakshi as always who is <laughs> a recent addition to the Harry Potter fandom but she's read more fanfics than both Adrija and I combined so welcome hey I am so happy thank you so much for inviting me here and I think it's been what 10-ish years since I've read Harry Potter and why canon and head canon, it's all muddled in my head. Why Harry Potter works for everyone is because no matter that you are 9 or 10 or 11 or whether you're 55, Harry Potter has something for everyone to take away. And that is why people keep coming back to it, especially during COVID where there was this moment of hopelessness. I think that is what will make it evergreen. For-, for sure. And now turning it back to our newest addition to Potterheads, Sakshi, what did you think? Why did you wait so long to read this masterpiece? All right, everyone, story time. I've seen the movies as they were coming out and she was just never inspired to pick up the books. I've always heard that the movies are great adaptations. So, you know, it's fine. I think I did start reading the series when I was really young, probably 16, 17, and I thought they were really childish. I think I got till Prisoner of Azkaban, and I was like, these are children's books. I don't think they're for me. I just left the series. I know how it ends. I know everything that happens, all the plot holes. I don't need to read the books. I randomly decided to challenge myself in August of last year. I directly started with Prisoner of Azkaban. I decided to skip the first two books and I loved it so much. I was so surprised. It was not a children's book anymore. And I was fully biased against it, right? But it was just brilliant. I couldn't stop posting about it. Everyone was sick of seeing Harry Potter on my feed, but I loved it. I loved it. I know, right? One of the things that makes this series so evergreen, and both of you are absolutely right, is the relatability factor. Like even as a 27-year-old, any book that I pick up, there is so much that I derive from it because my values as an adult came from me reading these books. Like it's my value system. And I know that we can go down the rabbit hole of discussing why J.K. Rowling isn't the best author out there in terms of who she is personally. But I commend her for giving me almost like a Bible to how to lead life. Some of the things in these books are so replicable. Fun fact, I wrote an academic paper on it in my first term of MBA. 
on leadership in Goblet of Fire. That's how crazy this book can be. And I kid you not, it was so easy to figure out the types of leadership, the the types in which Harry or Hermione or Dumbledore behave in a certain way. In fact, like we did this survey in class about who was the better leader out of Hermione, Harry, Dumbledore and Voldemort. And guess who won? Just wild guess. Hermione. Voldemort? No, Voldemort. Voldemort won because he was a better leader mm. than anyone yeah. else. And I got there through academic research. So I'm just trying to show how the depth of this world can go to where you can write like a full-fledged academic paper on it and get an A in the class. The key themes that I had taken out of especially Deathly Hallow was was classism especially how the Malfoy family was treated right after Lucius Malfoy was you know kind of shunned by Voldemort for failing to do yeah. what he did at the Malfoy Manor Draco where he saw his family be an outcast for the first time Mm-hmm. That his family was no longer in a position of power that he had enjoyed for almost all of his childhood. Where the reader perhaps is then forced to think that is Malfoy truly a bad person or is it his upbringing, almost like his surroundings, the people he was around for most of his life who said mm-hmm. that you are built for greatness. You will meet this boy who will be our salvation, who is supposed to have been the replacement for Voldemort after quote-unquote Voldemort. Harry Potter was supposed yeah. to be the one to lead this against well mudbloods for the purity of the visiting world. And I think it was very significant, especially the the scene. I think it's a movie is seared into everyone's brains where he refused to shake Malfoy's hand. I think that was the moment where Malfoy realized that not everything is sunshine and rainbows. It's surprising True. because I get your point and I agree with it, Adrija. But when I was reading the books and I was seeing the movies, not once did I think about Draco Malfoy and whatever he is going through because he was never the limelight. He was always the bully. He was always just doing something nefarious. And even in the movies, I was just, he was just eye candy. So I do not ever thinking about Draco Malfoy and his inner turmoil. I get it now because I've been reading Draco's turmoil for like eight months now. But interesting, maybe I'll see that in my reread. Yeah, you definitely will. One of the things about this is the way humans or, you know, even these magic folk are depicted is so well balanced. There's a balance, good versus evil in every person. And nobody's black or white. Even Voldemort is not completely dark because you see him coming to be from where he came from and why he got there. And that's what's missing in fantasy these days. Like Sakshi and I've discussed this so many times, like the dark fantasy and dark romance. We never get to see why the villain became the villain. And so we don't really like the villain. Like there's no likability factor like we have for Draco. So that's always there. Now turning back the conversation, I know Adrija, you mentioned Deathly Hallows. What is your favorite book in the series and which is one book that you'd probably rate the lowest in the series? Oh my God, don't make me do this. Okay. Okay. We make people uncomfortable. I think Prisoner of Azkaban would always be 
my favorite and i think it's also fan favorite the fandom loves the maroon and we get to see mm. a lot about what harry's life could have been had it not been marred by tragedy it's almost like a fantastical what if like what if is there throughout all mm. seven books the what if and you for the first time feel genuinely so bad for harry he had this chance of having these amazing uncles of having this privileged upbringing where he had he, he would never have to worry about money he would have these lovely parents his father would have been so happy to see him play quidditch and that's when you realize that oh my god i feel so so bad for this this boy and i think prisoner of azkaban is when it starts to get really dark yes even though in chamber of secrets we did have that basilisk going around and killing folks it's in the prisoner of azkaban where everyone shit got real yes it got real and everyone is like okay okay time for battle even though it was in goblet of fire where harry said that voldemort is back but i think the foreshadowing was there in prisoner of azkaban and not to mention time travel all of these fantastical events really puts prisoner of azkaban on the throne of which is the best book uh as for the book i could do without it would probably be half blood prince even though i know it's very important for content but i would probably say <laughs> we're going to have a war we're going to have a war on this episode <laughs> no way thank you for coming on the episode adrija thank you you can gracefully exit now if you want to yeah there's the door <laughs> probably would have been the order of the phoenix or hamlet prince but well obviously i would have, i would choose hamlet prince because well okay okay who wants to pick all right uh huh mm-hmm. sakshi do we do you want to answer our answer because for once sakshi and i are exactly <laughs> on the same page for this one our favorite book is drum roll half blood prince <laughs> closely followed oh. by prisoner of azkaban but half blood prince for sure yeah. but before before we go ahead i really want to hear adrija's points of why she thinks it's a least favorite least favorite is because i just probably like the other books a lot more than half blood prince mm. and even okay. though half blood prince is pivotal in aspects mm-hmm. where we truly get to see snape for for the plot right i feel like the plot comes together finally in the half blood prince like so many questions get answered there for me personally and i think sakshi would agree but like everything that i've known about snape and i'm like i really don't like this man yeah oh, like, no i agree but i'm like no stop agreeing to things my heart's breaking right oh, now just see, yeah, i agree with her i would agree with you on anything except for the fact that snape truly is a horrid man it wasn't because of a change of heart that he was became a double agent is because the woman that he loved who by the way already was someone else's is now a mother or was by that point a mother it had to take a direct physical harm to someone he cared about for him to have a change of heart and not because he maybe i am doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. i should probably mm-hmm. be a better human it wasn't that mm-hmm. obvious so I still okay. haven't heard why you don't like Half Blood Blood Prince, Adija. That's that's fine. Oh, that's I, fine. What I don't like is just more. that I could do without it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So why I like Half Blood Prince is I think you notice with every book in a series that the writing keeps getting better, and it it just peaked at Half Blood Prince. I am a big fan of writing of the book. I think that's something that stands out to me the most. 
and so half blood prince was really well written it had suspense it had dark themes harry was more tolerable he was still an angsty teenager but he had more personality and more thoughts than he did in the entirety of the series so far the suspense with snape draco and dumbledore towards the end really just tied it all together and like just lean said the plot comes together and sets the stage for deathly hallows pretty well yeah the book that i do not like i'm very vocal about it is deathly hallows and i can get into it the first half of it feels like written by an experienced author the second half feels written by an intern and just edited by jk rolling and let's roll it out the ending is not very well thought of i understand that it's a children's book and that you're going to want to tie things all make it happily ever after but it it felt like a disservice to the entire intelligent series i think it wasn't very well tied and that's why it's my least favorite it's the same for me my favorite is the half blood prince and my least favorite book is the deathly hallows for for half blood prince my reasons are the same but why i enjoy it the most outside of the writing and the plot and the characters is you see harry's inner turmoil the most in this book like him towing the line between what is and what is completely bad is the thinnest in the half blood prince and with the chosen one trope i generally like that turmoil because it's so difficult when you have such high stakes when you've lost your entire family and now this family that you've found and you've created they're all at risk and you see malfoy and uh, the rest of the death eaters make you question that that's when you start to see how heavy the burden on his shoulders is and that's why i start hating dumbledore in this book because he put that burden on a 17 18 year old boy mm-hmm. and let him get away with it uh you know just sometimes just left him alone hey go swim and do all of those things so that kind of turmoil i am yet to see in any other book with this trope except Throne of Glass, but we're not going there today. It's so easy to mess up the chosen one trope, and ninety nine percent of the books with the trope do it wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Half Blood Prince. And as for Deathly Hallows, I think the book is smart. The first half, you get to learn about the Hallows, you get the backstory, you get to know a lot of things. But at the same time, that final battle just didn't have. As high a punch as some of the other smaller battles did. For me, mm-hmm. the battle in the cemetery in Goblet of Fire mm. will always have more conversation between Voldemort and Harry, and you get to know Voldemort a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The final battle mm-hmm. in Deathly Hallows is smart. I wish there was no conversation between Harry and Dumbledore. You know, like I didn't want that. Like after everything, this poor boy and everybody who knows him has been through. That's what we're using. as the final push he needs to fight like the only good part about that book and in that battle scene was when he got to see like everyone who's unalive at that point you know his parents then all of them and honestly the movies probably saved that book for me being so angry reading that book after after the brilliance that the series was up till that point it's still a bloody brilliant book don't get me wrong as atrija said these are not bad books they are amazing i would pick up deathly hallows over almost every fantasy book i've read cuz it's good but at the same time yeah it leaves it leaves a little to be desired mm-hmm. um outside of that what would you all think 
this world has to offer why do we keep going back to it aside from nostalgia the key theme of good versus evil is recurring in human lives more than we think about it right you just probably had a bad day you would very much want to come back to a book that says that good will always triumph over evil it will take time it will take probably two or three full battles to get there but you will get there the fact that at any given point of in time you can relate to at least one character in the book depending on where you are in life you could be the one who is probably the mastermind you could probably relate to dumbledore you will have to sacrifice a few things and maybe a few people and maybe a few relationships but then again that is also the price that you pay for what to do what is right again what is right versus what is easy there's only two ways and doing right takes a lot of courage so the thing that i've always noticed is when there's a discussion about harry potter every single time it's about the humans the human emotions but at its core it's still magic and i feel mm-hmm. the escapism factor that comes with the wizarding world that there is a world where you could quite literally levitate things off the ground is what makes us go back to the book it has all the perfect elements in isolation you have a smart one you have a funny one and you have the chosen one and i'm so sorry for relegating ron to the funny one but oh well sadly that's how he's remembered even though he is such a more complex and a way more stable character yeah and growing up is realizing that comedic relief in any form is so important especially in a series that deals with such dark themes yeah yes for a children's book it's really dark <laughs> there are portions of the harry potter universe that started making full sense to me after i developed an adult brain it was like 25 that i realized that my prefrontal cortex has developed now i can figure things out oh, sometimes i just wake I up and i'm like oh my god this is this is what that book meant that line that i read 10 years ago this is what it meant wow yeah. there have been so many instances in my life and i'm sure it is the same for both of you as well where a situation seems so relatable to a book that talks about magic sometimes when i am stumped i think what would hermione do or what would harry do and i go ahead and i do that and sometimes <laughs> i'm like oh my god what would ron do i would suggest thinking to what would hermione do and what would ron do we don't do what harry does <laughs> we, we do shit <laughs> He has proven to be quite the observant guy. For a protagonist, he really has zero observation skills. Okay, I have two observations here. Number one, I am not as invested as you two are in the Harry Potter world, you guys. Like, is this my top ten series? Sure, it'll fall somewhere in that. But is it my favorite? Is it top three? No. Here you guys, right now, I'm like, wait, am I in the wrong room? Because I have a lot of critiques to share. It's it's totally fine. It's not top three for me either. It's just something that I've stuck to the longest, knowing how fast I move on from things. Mm-hmm. That's important. All right. And the second thing, I think 
Harry is a bland character, which is good because it helps the other people in the book shine. And he still stands out because he's the protagonist and he's the chosen one. But I really wanted Harry's POV in the books, right? I really wanted Harry's dialogues. I wanted to see his interaction with his friends and Ginny and just everyone. And if you notice, he speaks very less. I don't know what he actually conveys to the world. I know his inner turmoil. He's a very impulsive teenager and I love to see it. I think it's the perfect representation of a teenager. But it's mostly Ron and Hermione bickering. It's mostly Mrs. Weasley just talking to him and just handing him food and presents. He still is the one who's doing everything in the end. But he just gives everyone else the space to shine. So well done, J.K. Rowling. That's very well-written protagonist. What makes him special are the interactions he has with the situation and the people. I feel like I must show you my Ron socks at this moment. Oh, they're so cute. We love Ron. Okay, I love the Weasleys. They're my favorite characters. Like Mrs. Weasley is my top character from the HBverse. And hot take, I do not like Sirius. I'm sorry, he was not a good godfather. He was not a good parental figure or an adult figure in Harry's life at all. In fact, there has been such a lack of any strong adult figures in Harry's life. I mean, if we think about it, objectively, Dumbledore, Snape, where was Lupin? Like, Sakshi and I were having this conversation yesterday, Adrija. Maybe you might know more than we because you're more invested in Marauders. Sirius was in Azkaban. So, of course, he couldn't contact Harry for 14 years or whatever. But where was Lupin? And once even when Lupin comes into the scene in Prisoner of Azkaban, he has a very mentor-teacher relationship with Harry. He does not have, like, your father was my bestest friend in the whole But now is the only time that I'm going to show up into your life. Do you remember why Lupin was absent? Yes, it was because he was a part of the Order of the Phoenix. So I think he was also not allowed to relay that information to Harry ahead of time. Okay. And it was also because of his illness. He wasn't oh, right. physically right. fit or available to be around Harry. And oh. also because of safety issues because well, we know why. I mean, yeah, he does struggle yeah. with, uh, with it through the book. That's... That's a perspective that we can explore. One of the other things in the book was, in all these books actually, where the magic system is so detailed. That's probably the reason why there are so many fanfics for Harry Potter even today. Because she built the world with so much depth, giving different types of magic. You know, there's potions, there's transfiguration, there is defense against dark arts. You just know so much. The details are crazy. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen other fan fiction and other fantasy where new things have to be added to the world building. I think J.K. Rowling's brain is probably a masterpiece for coming up with that. Mm-hmm. And I adore the magic system. Everything makes sense. That balance to give something, you need something. There is checks against somebody going evil. Uh, horcruxes. Horcruxes are by far... The most intelligent piece of magic I have ever read in my whole journey as a fantasy reader. And out of the 100 books I read in a year, 80% are fantasy. Yeah. I'm yet to come across something that deep okay. as like a horror. It's like a part of your soul. Are you kidding me? J.K. Rowling popped with that one. So two things. Horcruxes, A. 
and two you cannot create money these mm. two factors are really pivotal because when you think about magical like oh we can just create unlimited money but that is not how the mystic world works which is why you have mm. class divides which is why you have different economic statuses now, it was imperative to establish rules in magic so that it is not just a fantastical piece of tale that a 5 year old or a 6 year old would probably read that is what True. makes it rooted in reality despite being a fantasy genre so mhm yeah yeah right it does seem very intelligent and well thought out but on the flip side i do think that as a adult reader of harry potter i could imagine and visualize the place like hogwarts and the ministry a lot better because of the movies i think they were the descriptions and of the architecture and the way it's happening is not very vivid and i already suck with these descriptions so having the movies really really helped and i'm not sure if it was the writing or if it was my inability to comprehend the descriptions but i did feel like that lacked i do agree with your points though both of you that the magic system is so well thought out i never appreciated it before this conversation so love to hear it you're actually may be right about the architecture bit as well because i remember hogwarts itself is detailed throughout all the books but the most detail you get about architecturally is probably chamber of secrets because of just all the gallivanting that harry does <laughs> difficult to put it together because you're drip fed all of this throughout seven books like there are things revealed about architecture and the setting even till deathly hallows but i do believe that these adaptations are probably pretty good in comparison to most other adaptations i know they left out so much they left out the entirety of the spew i mean come on and then we were discussing this yesterday the creature the elves coming in the final creature battle. we love creature i i heart creature the justice for spew justice for hermione for working her ass off and spew to not have it shown on screen don't show it like it's i get it it's so difficult to compress these books into two and a half hours uh but hey you could have mentioned it once also also hermione's parents were obliviated by hermione and not one person went and comforted hermione for it even harry did not do it and i get it he's a chosen one he has to kill voldemort but we needed one pov one paragraph where she's crying her heart out and somebody is consoling her we did not get that ever thank god for fanfics that's what i was going to say i i knew fanfics as a concept did not exist when rowling wrote it but she is smart she is one smart woman maybe she is rita skeeter i think it's time all of us <laughs> accept this conspiracy theory that jk rowling is rita skeeter and the wizarding world does exist and they're probably laughing at us because of <laughs> muggles i'm 27 i still haven't received the letter the only hope is for kids but currently my kids are animals so we'll have to see about that This brings us to the end of our Harry Potter episode. There is so much to talk about it. We do things by popular demand on this side. We do fan service just like our authors do. So, if you want to know more about it or want us to dive deep into any of the books, the movies, the themes, 
we're anyways going to do a fan fiction episode very soon and sakshi's there smiling and so excited that she dropped her headset but we're going to do that thanks adrija for joining us today and with that bye bye thank you for inviting bye me.